You are listening to Sober Gratitude's podcast, bonus series, A Dose of Hope and Sobriety and Recovery from Alcoholism or Addiction. My name is Sarah, and I am a sober alcoholic. I created this podcast as a means to be of service to you. I'm so grateful you decided to join me today, and I pray you receive this gift of hope that a comfortable, peaceful, and fulfilling life is possible after we put down the bottle for good. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Sarah here, creator and host of this podcast. I am a recovered alcoholic for about 3,799 days to be exact. I know this just because I took a peek on my sober app this morning. And I don't typically look at it. I used to look at it every day when I first got sober, but these days it happens very sporadically. I was just curious. So I, I always look at the days because that is all I have is today. And when I live in today, chances are things will work out. And if they don't work out, I have a solution. I have tools to manage things that come up in my life. And I'm so grateful for that. So today I want to talk about how to quiet your inner critic. And unfortunately, I think most most of you may agree that many of us practice negative self-talk from one degree or another, um, depending on our moods, depending on something that might have happened. Um, you know that we have that voice in our head that is not often very kind to ourselves. I don't know. I mean, I could be the only one, so I'll just speak from my own experience. But I do have friends and family members who I've discussed this with. And so I know I'm, I know that I'm not alone. I want to talk about it, how it doesn't have to be that way for you. And there are ways to quiet that inner critic. So whether you're here today as an active alcoholic, if you're sober, or a normie, which is someone who's not an alcoholic, or an alien, which is actually some a word we use to describe an alcoholic. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you are and wherever you are in your life, this topic may be one you appreciate. Not the alien topic, the topic of the inner self. Negative self-talk. So if you do appreciate what... I share today, please share it with somebody else, somebody who you think might benefit from it. So just a little background. I used to practice negative self-talk a lot. I was very good at it because I practiced it, right? So we get good at things that we practice and it became like, just like a natural default. Uh, I, 
I was so good at it that I barely had control of it. It just happened all the time. And so, you know, especially like during my active alcoholism days um, and in sobriety too, before I really um, got to a place where I was like, I'm done, I'm done beating myself up. You know, I, I, and there are days that I, um, gosh, I'm human. There are still days where I will, in my head, like, I'll just say something that's not so nice, or I'll be talking to somebody. I'm like, oh, that was stupid of me to say. And so I try to catch myself from doing that. Um, that's kind of just a quick tip, something that I, I just really try to be very intentional with, like in my everyday words with people and conversation about things. Like, and the more I do that, I, it just, the better I feel about myself. But, you know, I used to compare myself to other women a lot. And <clears throat> I will tell you that the majority of my listeners are women. So I think a lot of you may identify that, you know, unfortunately, women, we are tough on each other and tough on ourselves. I know when I was younger, that was the case. And I think it still happens today, but like, I just try not, I just don't partake in any of that really um, in terms of like, you know, comparing myself to other women and um, I don't know, being competitive with other women. It's just, I don't know, what, what's the point? I don't know. Um, being competitive in a way, I guess what I'm trying to say is like being jealous of another woman and because she, I don't know, has a master's in something and I only have a bachelor's degree. And see there, I said it right there. I only have a, I have a bachelor's degree. Isn't that phenomenal? In sociology and anthropology. Yes. And when I was decluttering the other day, I'm going to sidebar just for a second, but I will get back to the topic. I was decluttering the other day because as some of you know, I have adopted this new kind of lifestyle of minimalism and essentialism and purposeful intentionalism because it just opens up more space in my head and my home and it just is so freeing. Anyway, so I was in my attic the other day and I was going through some stuff from college and oh, I came across my photo album from college and you know what? I threw it away because all the pictures were just, eh, I just didn't like what I saw. And so goodbye. And I came across my senior thesis, which was representations of female beauty and mastering femininity, a content analysis of teen magazine. Do you remember that magazine? Do you know that, okay, so I did this in 1995. That's when I graduated college. So I was doing it actually for my junior year, my senior year. And I, I wrote that I was, you know, a sociology major. I had a great um, thesis counselor. She was amazing. I loved her. I can't remember her name, unfortunately. But she was wonderful. And she loved this topic. And I remember thinking, like, this is so stupid. I was really hard on myself and I, I had a lot of a panic attacks because again, like I was drinking to 
calm my nerves and I didn't have any other solution. So that's to my anxiety problem and my thinking problem. So I was drinking. And so I did, I did write papers in school when I was drunk and I did very well on them actually, which is, I'm not promoting drinking to get good grades on any classes at all by any means. Um, but <clears throat> the thesis I thought was terrible. I remember handing it in and thinking, I'm going to fail this and I'm not going to graduate college. So when I finished, I just was like, I'm done. Here it is. I handed in the deadline. I'm going to, you know, here in a month or two, like at the end of senior year, like, well, I didn't want to know. So I actually didn't look, I didn't seek out how I did. It was my graduation day. I knew I was graduating. I didn't hear anything bad. So I'm like, okay. So at best I got a D and I was, <clears throat> I got my diploma and I came up and a family member said to me, oh my gosh, Sarah, congratulations. I'm like, oh, thanks. I said, no, congratulations on getting honors on your senior thesis. I was like, what? And lo and behold, I opened up <clears throat> the program for my um, graduate for the graduation ceremony. And each major listed everyone who earned um, honors in their senior thesis. And I was one of two, one of two people in the sociology anthropology department to earn an, an award, which meant I got an A on it. <laughs> I got an A on my C. So yesterday, actually, I had never wanted to read it because I still was like, I'm embarrassed. I think my writing was terrible. And the other day I was reading it and I'm like, dang, this is actually pretty good. I was kind of forward thinking when I was 19, 18, 19, 20. <laughs> so, I'm, so hindsight's interesting, right? Anyway, so I digressed massively. So I'm going to move forward back to the topic. <clears throat> And talk about like, yeah, so I unfortunately had this, like, it was like a, 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 a problem that I, a major problem that I had that I was, I beat myself up. I was hard on myself. I compared myself to people. I could never look at my strengths and really bring, put those in the, in the forefront of, you know, insecurities. Um, it was, it was, it was a shame, you know, like, but I managed to get through life, right? Like my my drinking was always there and I I drank to kind of numb poor self-esteem and you know, ugly feelings and 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 I could control alcohol for the most part. I definitely enjoyed it. But and and I like most of you know, by the end of uh, my drinking career, which was like my late 30s, that's when the drinking problem like really turned against me and I lost all control. And I do talk about that in other episodes, but you know, that's, that is alcoholism. Um, you know, textbook kind of in a way that when we lose control, totally, there's no off switch and we're completely obsessed and it takes us places that are awful in our, not just like, not like down a road that's like 
like skid row or not necessarily just that, but like down roads like that are in our head that are bad roads in our head. That is, <clears throat> that's, that became, that was a problem for me. So, but I, there's the happy ending. Uh, nowadays I have a much healthier self-esteem and, and it continues to expand as my sobriety continues. Um, I say expand and I want to focus on that word because expand, like it, it like, it blows up like more like a balloon. It's not like, I feel like I'm not rising above people. Like I am better than all of you. And that's why I do this podcast because I know better than all of you people listening. <laughs> no, like that's not the case at all. I mean, I am fully aware that there are so many things in this world that I know nothing about and you guys are experts at and, and I'm in a place in my life where I just want to, I'm like a sponge. I'm 50 and I feel like I'm this toddler and, you know, this adolescent that just like wants to like learn more and more and more about so many things. So I have to kind of like chill out be like, okay, pull on the reins. All right, Sarah, one thing at a time. So minimalism is my thing right now, of course, in addition to sober gratitudes and sobriety and helping others and serving others and being the kind of mom I want to be. <clears throat> so. Okay. In recovery, I have learned that because I'm a human being, I am imperfect. And what a relief that is. Okay. Because I was a perfectionist, but I was one of the bad kind of perfectionists. Like I would kind of not, I would not do things for fear of failure. Um, so that being said, if I have a moment where I'm hard on myself, I make great efforts and it's getting easier. It doesn't, it's not like really hard to do anymore. I make efforts to gently and lovingly forgive myself rather than beat myself up more if I have a moment of saying, oh, Sarah, that was so stupid. So, so let's focus on that phrase there, Lo gently and lovingly forgive myself for when I am imperfect. I try very, I, I try my best to just be easy on myself. You know, I, le I learned that I'm, I'm not perfect, nor will I ever be perfect. But I, and, and so because of that, it, it, it's a relief. Like, okay, I don't have to do this all perfectly. Like, I don't have to do this podcast perfectly. Like this, I might trip on my words a lot because I have a tendency to do that for reasons I can explain in another episode because of it. Anyway, I, I'm digressing again. Let me go back to the topic. So <clears throat> in recovery, I did the 12 steps and now I live them daily. And that in and of itself has been an enormous contributor and how I feel about myself. And, and that has been hugely instrumental in quieting my inner critic. But like I said before, because I'm human, I will still sometimes be critical of myself or hard on myself. So what I do on a daily basis, in addition, addition to living the steps on a daily basis, is I in order to quiet my inner critic is I practice gratefulness. 
And when I intentionally acknowledge or list, acknowledge in my head or list on paper the blessings in my life or my gratitudes in life, I have a much better attitude about life and my life in general and who I am. It's really, it's, it, it, I've, I've felt, I have felt that occur. I have felt that, that like expansion, like I mentioned earlier, especially since I started this podcast. I mean, sober gratitudes. You, you get it. You can make the connection there. <clears throat> so I ended up, so I stopped, I've been following a little bit of a, a script that and I've realized I need to have in order to make a co more cohesive episode for you. So at when I got to this place, I said, well, let me Google, let me Google this. So I Googled practicing gratitude helps with inner criticism. And it was something that has been Googled. I'm like, wow, that it's this is amazing. This is so cool. And what came up on medium.com was when you, it said, quote, when you write about gratitude, your soul becomes so pure. All your unnecessary thoughts, overthinking, anxiety, stress will go away. And most importantly, this is crazy. Most importantly, your quote, inner critic will shut its mouth. And I was like, dang, like I didn't even Google this. I'm like, oh, way to go, girl. So <clears throat> yeah. And so, okay. So some other things that I, I will read that I found from the Google search is taking the time to feel gratitude may improve your emotional well-being by helping you cope with stress. For example, one study found that gratitude was linked to fewer signs of heart disease. All right, I'll do that. And also, gratitude helps us regulate the stress hormone cortisol. Cortisol. Keeping the our cortisol levels in check in turn improves our cardiac function when we are under stress and increases our ability to stay balanced. Ah, I like that. I like thrive on balance. I loved balance. So gratitude is simply taking time to think about all the positive things in our lives. Research shows it is the single most powerful method of increasing happiness. So in all honesty, I did not know what I'm what it meant to feel grateful until after I experienced some sober time. That That is the truth. Now that I have some time under my belt, I see how my sobriety has played a ripple effect in so many areas of my life. I'm constantly saying to myself, wow, thank God I'm sober because the situation would have been far worse and very different if I still drank. So if I'm not saying it out loud to my husband or my mom or, or my best friend, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it. Or maybe just sharing it here on this podcast on an episode. So yes, I do that. And I, I do that a lot with my, my kids, especially as they, you know, my, my oldest was seven or eight, almost eight when he, when I got sober and my 
he has two younger brothers and now they're, you know, my youngest is 15 and my oldest is almost 20. And I just, I, I am so grateful that I was sober during their adolescence and that, and even now more so than ever, because they, there's, there's different issues that they're all dealing with that the three of them have in their life, which is normal. And I'm able to be clear headed and, and present with them when they're talking with me. And I don't have the distraction of wanting to drink in between me and my children or me and my husband or me and my best friend or me and my mom and me and my other friends or me and other people who are trying to get sober. I'm just, I'm, I'm so grateful. Like that is, I think one of the best things about sobriety and long-term sobriety is that you get to a place where you can see how you've changed, you know, not, not necessarily like one with, you know, the inner critic going away and knowing that, you know, it's a work in progress, but also just like how, like there, I can, there's so many things in my life I can find gratitude in. I can always turn something around, like something that something happened. I don't spaz out over and like fall apart and say, I've got, oh my God, I have to have a drink over this. Like I will say, wow, that happened. And there's no, it's not an emergency. Like we're, everything's okay. Thank God I, I'm clear headed about how I respond to it. Thank God I can listen and not jump in and interrupt my kids in fear, you know, and, and try to dictate how they live their lives. Yeah, so that I could go on and on and on. But it's definitely like practicing gratitude, like really flexing that muscle, the gratitude muscle has been instrumental in my life with regards to helping to quiet my inner critic. So if you're not a practicing self, uh, practicing gratitude, or maybe you should give it a try. The more focus that is placed on even the smallest blessings in our lives makes for less room for negativity. It just, you know, that has that, that gratitude balloon fills and fills and fills and in, inside of ourselves it just pushes the negativity out so that's all thank you again for showing up today i'm so grateful for you really this podcast would not exist without you my listeners and um i, I just i appreciate you so much and i appreciate all you who write in and who I get to know on a more personal level. It's just, it's a gift. I feel so blessed. My podcast does focus mostly on sobriety and all the good things that comes from living a sober life. 
And if this is something you like, be sure to subscribe for the reminders when a new episode is published. I hope you have a really comfortable day filled with lots of things you can be grateful for. Bye. I'm so glad you decided to join me today for another dose of hope and sobriety. I hope what I shared offered some value to you because you are an important person and your life matters. If a calmer and more comfortable life in sobriety is something that you want, please be sure to subscribe to my podcast, Sober Gratitudes. I hope you have a wonderful day and look forward to meeting with you next time. Bye.